0: Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder, and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there, it's Katherine Turner and this is your latest episode of Leverage Lifestyle. I want to do a quick intro to this interview that I have done with a now good friend of mine, Jamie Sarah. She is a global success coach for CEOs and company founders she is a certified life business leadership and well-being coach and she just had so many great nuggets and great advice that i did not want this interview to end it easily could have ended up being well over two hours but we had to get back to uh, to business But Jamie really blends her no BS coaching skills with her deep expertise that she's drawn from nine years of working corporate marketing for FTSE 100 companies. She's also been featured in Thrive Global, Startup Grind and Forbes. And she truly believes if it's not a definitely, definitely, then it's a no. So what do we cover? Well, in this interview, we covered... Uh, and talked about finding your purpose, navigating the transition from corporate employment to full time entrepreneurship and all that stuff that happens in between. Why Jamie made precisely zero pounds in her first four months of business. And of course, how not to do this when you're making that transition yourself. How to delegate the domestic staff effectively when you're working from home. Uh, motherhood and that other M word, mumpreneur. And the very interesting advice she's also received along the way from other coaches she's worked with. Let's just say I was a little shocked. But there was just so much, much more. Uh, I really hope you're going to enjoy this episode. I enjoyed recording it with Jamie Sarah. And if you want to find out a bit more about what the work she does, then go and check out her website at definitelydefinitely.com. Enjoy this episode with myself and Jamie Sarah. Okay, so welcome Jamie, Jamie Sarah to Leverage Lifestyle. Um, I, like I said to you, I wanted to get you on this podcast as soon as we'd had a coaching session because just what you said, just the language you used, everything really, um, I really felt my listeners needed to hear it if if I'm completely honest and I wanted to hear about, more about your story. I know you've had corporate roles in the past mm-hmm. and obviously then have created your own business and I always think uh, again we have many listeners who are maybe going through that transition are thinking about do I leave my corporate job when do I make that transition into business and mm-hmm. um, and I know obviously being a coach as well you're coaching people through that mm-hmm. as well so what I'd love for you to do is essentially kind of introduce yourself to the listeners mm-hmm. um, Go wherever you want to go with it and um, yeah, go go through some questions because, again, we've had a lot of questions from the community as well. Ah, so, yes. Excellent. So you may hear your name, listeners, uh, if you contributed some questions. So, yes. Um, so,
1: all
2: right, brilliant. Up, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity good. <laughs> to contribute to the Leverage Lifestyle community. Um, and it means a lot to me to be able to contribute to people who, as you said, are either already well into their journey as CEOs and founders or possibly very in the early stages Mm. and feeling a bit uncertain about how it's gonna all work out. Um, Very, very important to be able to do that. Um, So I'm a global success coach. Mm -hmm. Um, What global success really means is, global success means I help people um, develop uh, more of an international footprint Ah, um, and an international impact. And also I help them to achieve success globally in the sense of in every area of their life in every area of their business so for example if somebody has a really really successful business mm-hmm. but their personal relationships are in turmoil or their personal mm-hmm. well-being is in, term- is in turmoil I wouldn't class that as global success so I help mm-hmm. them if there's areas that aren't quite where they could be mm-hmm. I help them refine and improve those areas and what I find is that when someone uh, sorts out any areas that are not matching up, that aren't in alignment or that are lagging behind, their business performance naturally improves as well. Mm. Because they then have more energy, they're more inspired, they feel in more integrity, and then they come at all of their business conversations and business activities from a stronger place.
0: Okay, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I've seen it so many times uh, when working with people myself or just when I'm doing a lot of my public talks and things like that, when I see couples that can... Come together, or I don't know. There's something going on in other areas of life, mm. and that's why this is called leveraged lifestyle, and why I pick on things, I pick up on things that are in your personal life, but also your business life, because I think there's a real interconnect. Mm. And when, like you say, when something's out of alignment or not in flow, that it really does impact mm. all areas of life. So I'm so glad you brought that up. So, mm. brilliant start. Okay, I'm yeah, um, on the same page. Hey, excellent. <laughs> One of the things I love there as well that you said, global success coach, I was going to ask you, what did that mean? So I think you explained it perfectly, is that it's not just you know national, international, it's also, like I said, those different areas. So mm. perfect. Um, I want to pick up actually on kind of how you got there. So the name of your, your company as well is called Definitely Definitely, mm-hmm. which by the way, I love. And I remember this morning something just before I was leaving to come and meet you that actually with an ex of mine, we had a bit of a a kind of in-joke that we'd say, really, really, no, actually, actually, Mm -hmm. or actually, actually, really, really. Mm -hmm. So I love that it's definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, So tell me a little bit more about that name and how you came up with the business and kind of your journey to creating Definitely, Definitely. Mm
2: So I was about 24 mm-hmm. and I was successful in business. Um, I had a great reputation in the company I was working for. I'd already been promoted. Um, but I knew I wasn't performing to my fullest potential. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that underneath the surface, I was uh, quite anxious mm-hmm. and very indecisive. Um, and I would gained weight as well from working a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about, okay, what's it going to take for me to take life to the next level, Uh what's it going to take for me to become more decisive, Uh um, become more uh, ignited and I remember having a conversation with one of my friends and I said, I was talking about some things that I've been experiencing recently like activities that I've been pursuing and and he said, you know, when something's really a great fit for you, you say definitely, definitely, have you noticed that? (laughs) You know, when, you're set, when you say that you're thinking about doing it, you say, oh, yeah, I definitely, definitely want to do that. Or when you've done it, you say, oh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely amazing. <laughs> and he said, I think you're going to have a business in the future, and that business is going to be called Definitely, Definitely. Wow. And I hadn't realized that I was doing I hadn't consciously realized that I was doing this. And as soon as he said that, I started thinking about the whole Definitely, Definitely thing more consciously, mm-hmm. and I came up with this rule of, definitely definitely or no if it's not a definitely definitely it's a no in all areas Mm. so whether there was a social invitation coming my way because at the time I was the kind of person that would say yes to everything Mm -hmm. because I was like I'm so you know honoured and excited that somebody's Mm. invited me to do something so I would say (laughs) yes and then my schedule was just nuts and I was exhausted Um, so I started implementing this and realized it gave me so much more energy mm. and clarity and freedom, and I started getting downtime. <laughs> um, and then I realized that that also changed the way that I showed up in business as well. I showed up as more decisive, more clear in business. Mm. And so then when I, when I started the business, it was really about helping people wherever they're at right now, whether they have one area that's a definitely, definitely, or multiple areas that are definitely, definitely but not everything, Mm. um, to help them to experience a life where everything is a definitely, definitely or nearly everything. Mm. You know, for example, if you have children, um, your children aren't necessarily every day going to be definitely, definitely. (laughs) Sometimes they'll have a really naughty day and you're like, you know what, my child's not a definitely, definitely today. Um, But ultimately, they're still definitely, definitely, and you just need to... um, take the action say for example there might be an area where you're having a bit of a wobble like there might be a relationship where you're having a tricky time with it um just because you're going through a tricky time you can still know that it's a definitely definitely but you need to take action to bring that area into alignment and so that's really what i stand for is helping people get those areas into alignment and if there's stuff that's just a total mismatch just simply just saying no cheerio farewell thank you yep Um, whether yeah. that's Marie Kondo-style physical <laughs> stuff or relationships or jobs, whatever.
0: Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, we've had a little bit of a funny moment around the whole uh, <laughs> Con- Marie method. Um, yeah, so there's actually a podcast episode I did fairly recently about clearing stuff, uh, especially just before Christmas time, and in December is usually a good time to do that. So um, if you haven't checked out that podcast episode, please do. Um, and uh, yeah, we're both mm. both fans, aren't we? If, uh, yeah the uh, KonMari method yeah. Um, but yeah okay that's I, I love the fact that someone else picked up the definitely definitely thing for mm. you actually that's that's really cool and um, so if anyone's thinking about what to call their businesses then mm. actually sometimes it's it's in your language already
2: yeah yeah and just asking um friends mm. for feedback you know hey what words do you notice me using mm. what do you think I stand for mm. what's your perception of me you can learn so much from that yeah I didn't realize um For a long time that i'd been coaching people my whole life yeah and then when i started training to be a coach all these people sort of popped up and were like oh my gosh that's so not surprising you've been coaching your whole life and i'm (laughs) like oh why didn't you tell me before
0: yeah i love that i love that so then what was the transition then from so you said obviously you you got to 24 you're doing well in business uh in terms of being employed Mm how how does that transition then go for you because again i think a lot of people think you know it's one day you're working the next you're in a business and, and it usually doesn't work like that yeah. um funnily enough i just again recorded an episode uh, yesterday very much about um kind of sometimes the figures behind it that's what we actually had quite a lot of people wanting to know like some of the nitty-gritty stuff so we'll get into mm. that in a bit but mm. what did it look like for you making that transition
2: mm. um so first of all as you said it didn't happen overnight there was lots of bricks that i was putting in place for a long time even before i even had that very slight kernel of a thought of I think I'd like to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. I was still laying the foundations without fully realising. And I think some of the foundations that you lay for being really successful in the corporate world uh, can translate really, really well with the foundations Mm. uh, for entrepreneurship as well, which is, I think, an important point. Um, So went from being 24, indecisive, (laughs) um, bought a flat, and I'd viewed over 300 flats. Wow. <laughs> um, which was basically because I hadn't, you know, seen the um, initial details and didn't trust that whole definitely, definitely or no thing. Cause I hadn't, ah. I hadn't yet established that rule. Yeah. Um, so I bought this flat that was an absolute, definitely, definitely for me. Um, and then I got a promotion. I got offered the opportunity to go to New York mm-hmm. um, and to live and work in Manhattan. And I grabbed it with both hands. I thought, well, wow. yeah, I've viewed 300 flats, finally bought my first property. <laughs> but yeah, sure, I'll go to New York. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> so then I hopped on the plane. Um, obviously, I had to do lots of clearing out first. <laughs> um, I hopped on the plane with three suitcases, um, everything else I got rid of. Um wow which was an incredible experience and then really just jumped in with both feet and i noticed quite quickly that the culture in america was different there mm. was this real culture of everyone was excited for me that i was there everyone was excited that i'd got a promotion they were excited that i was different um I, english um and they were excited by my quirky accent and all these kinds of things
0: okay. we just had the cat join us <laughs> Which was this one? Spice, excellent. Yeah. Hi, spice. You she just wants made to.
2: It. She wants to contribute.
0: Love it. Love it. Um,
2: and basically, I um, I started just thinking about things a bit differently. I started to become more connected to my capabilities, more connected to my potential. Mm. I just sort of noticed that in England, people were very understated about complimenting you. So I knew I worked my absolute ass off and sometimes people would say Jamie you're amazing I don't know what I'd do without you but it was much more few and far between. Once I got to America people were like wow you're really great at this, you're amazing at this, thank you so much, I'm so grateful and that really boosted my confidence and my relationship with myself and I started to think huh yeah actually I'm pretty good (laughs) And so with that natural boost in confidence also came this expanding of the opportunities and possibilities that I could see Mm. ahead of me. And I'd always really, really admired entrepreneurs. And I got uh, plugged into a group called House of Genius Mm -hmm. in New York. Um, They have a presence in lots of cities all over the world. Uh, It's free events that you go along to. Uh, You share, um, an entrepreneur will pitch their idea to the community. And then everyone around the table will give their feedback and suggestions, and they'll also make introductions as well to relevant people who can help them along. And I was a co-organiser for that, so I would curate the panels Mm -hmm. um, to make sure there was a good mix of people in the room, so that the entrepreneurs presenting would get um, a good variety of of expertise and support. And then I'd go along and I would um, facilitate the conversations. And I just had such a sense of awe for the entrepreneurs and I thought wow these people are so brave and courageous and yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be that brave but I know that, uh, that I'm smart and I know that I'm committed to becoming more brave
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I just uh, began immersing myself in more and more kind of entrepreneurial events, um, networking events, lunches, brunches. Um, started learning more about different entrepreneurs, you know, both sort of reading bios, listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember listening to Lewis Howe's School of Greatness Academy. Sorry, sorry School of Greatness podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a School of Greatness uh, Academy. But um, I remember listening to some of his interviews and people being so honest and authentic about their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they hadn't always been sure that they were capable of being an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, but they'd had this great idea and they knew they needed to make it happen. Yeah. And they just sort of got out of their own way and they charged ahead regardless of whether they felt fully confident. And I thought, ah, oh, that's really interesting. I'd always assumed that for an entrepreneur to start something, they must feel completely ready and confident. Mm. And so that sort of planted that seed of well you don't need to be 100% confident to yeah. go ahead you just need to have something that you are 100% passionate about yeah. and committed to got it
3: um
2: then um my granny passed away quite suddenly and she and I had been very close she'd done most of the job raising me as a child and i was absolutely devastated i just felt this big void mm. and I felt so sad that I basically wanted to fill every spare moment. I didn't want to have any time on my own, Mm -hmm. just being with my own thoughts because it was too upsetting. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled across this uh, course um, with the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And I thought, do you know what? I really want to be a better leader. Mm. I know that I'm smart I know I'm really effective at my job but my leadership skills are not all there mm. I don't deal with uh, difficult people as well as I would like to <laughs> um, you know didn't at the time mm. and and I don't really know how to motivate people who aren't already inherently motivated mm. or people who are having an off day I' just get frustrated with them and be like <laughs> well you know whatever I'll yeah. do it myself yeah. Um, so I thought, I want to up-level my leadership abilities. So that combination of, I want to up-level my leadership abilities with, yeah. I don't want any spare time, mm-hmm. drew me to sign up for this program uh, with the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Very, very quickly, as soon as I got into it, I realized, yes, this course is going to make me a better leader. Yeah. I also realized, hang on, I've been coaching my whole life without realizing, <laughs> and oh, my gosh, I can have a job where my job is to talk and listen, where I don't have to type. What? (laughs) And my brain was just like, whoa. And um, so the course was a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I didn't quit my job until a couple of months after the course had finished. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, But I knew the deeper I got into it, the more I knew I have to turn this into something. And then I was building those foundations, you know, starting to talk about it. Mm. on Facebook, starting to do videos, um, starting to um, talk to people. One of the big hacks that I really recommend for new entrepreneurs who are starting something as a side hustle that they then want to turn into a full-time position yeah. is go along to networking events. And instead of saying, you know, I'm an accountant, but I'm also this on the side, which can sound you know, like you're kind of undermining yourself. Mm. Go along and say whatever your new thing is. Mm-hmm. So I started going along to events and saying, I'm a well being and transition coach, which was what I initially was most passionate about. Was, like, I want to help uh, people who are very, very busy, very highly successful, um, have a better sense of well being and also deal with big changes. Like it. Um, so I'd go along and say, hi, I'm a well-being and transition coach. And that started to build up that confidence with me relating to myself as that. Got it, yeah. And getting yeah. that feedback where other people go, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about that. And that started generating leads. And then I was able to do free coaching. And then I was able to quit and then start doing paid coaching.
0: Perfect. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, I always love to give the listeners some practical tips. So that's mm. a great one mm. in that sense. And... The interesting thing you've brought up there is I have this notion and I suppose I'm trying to prove if it's correct. And it seems to be most people I've either interviewed or got to know as entrepreneurs or have become business people or business owners or entrepreneurs, they've had some sort of void happen. Mm. Whether it's a moment, whether it's a loss of a loved one, yeah. whether it's a feeling of lacking at some point in their life or whether it's yeah really seeing something tragic or horrific or something and it's made them have that not necessarily the aha moment but it definitely translates into why they do what they do Mm. would you say that's correct for you as well
2: yeah completely and I think actually the 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 thing that I missed out was that when my granny passed away there was this real realization of like I'd only ever had one family member pass away before that, and it mm-hmm. had been almost 10 years prior. And there was this real realisation of, like, God, life isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And life is amazing right now. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm very intellectually simulated. I'm doing well financially. I've got good friends. I'm loving life. But I don't feel this... I don't feel like a fire in my belly. Mm. I don't feel like I'm connected to something bigger I was connected to the vision of helping lawyers become less stressed and get home on time (laughs) because the product that I was marketing was uh, a legal information product Mm. but that I mean (laughs) that was like yeah okay cool yeah I want lawyers to be happier and less stressed (laughs) but it wasn't that same sense of creating a real legacy Mm. myself Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something where I could imagine having children and telling my children about it and then being like, <laughs> oh, mom, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely that moment of, yeah, I need to be making changes to do something that's really creating a legacy.
0: I love it. Perfect. Thank you. Wow. It helps keep proving me right. <laughs> uh, but no, that's brilliant. So obviously in what you do, you're helping people, you're coaching people, you're take them through transitions um, in business. If you could only, though, impart one lesson in business to the listeners, to the people you coach, to the world, what is that kind of lesson that maybe either you've experienced or that you experienced through your clients and the people you work with that you are like? If everyone just knew this, it would help a lot of people.
2: Do you know what I think it would be? I mean, aside from if it's not a definitely, definitely make it a no, it's that genuinely you can get to feel 100 percent excited about your work
3: mm.
2: it can you can be in a situation where the work that you're delivering to the world and the thing that's making you money is like your favorite or one of your most favorite things to do mm-hmm. and i had been raised from a young age like you know head down my dad used to say head down ass up my grandpa <laughs> used to say nose to the grindstone nose to the grindstone my love and it was all about like well it's not meant to feel good Mm. but you get on with it you do the hard work and you get the rewards yeah i was never really privy to the fact that the process of doing the work could be fun Mm. and don't get me wrong in my in my marketing career i did the last company i was with i was with them for five years and i loved my colleagues it was fun working with them Mm. But there was lots of stuff about the process that I found frustrating Mm. or much more difficult. And so it's really that work can get to be fun and you can operate from a place of flow. I remember listening to a particular podcast episode where someone was talking about flow. This is age 26 in Manhattan. And I was like, oh, this flow thing sounds really interesting. (laughs) And at the time, if I wanted to say something in a meeting, I would write down what i wanted to say on paper just to make sure that it sounded right yeah and i would got my message clear and then i'd say it out loud flow was not a thing for me
1: mm.
2: and now i do operate from pure flow and it just is so easy it sort of feels like i'm cheating at life <laughs> but i really believe that that's what's possible for everyone mm. when you find your thing
0: yeah that's so interesting. Um, I was reading a book towards the end of last year and I, you know, you kind of, well, I've had a child, so I'll forgive myself slightly, um, but I've put it down and I haven't picked it back up again. And there was a real uh, message in there about flow. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I felt like it would make a really good episode as well for the podcast, mm. because I feel, again, I've got so many listeners who are thinking about what they want to do, maybe still trying to find their flow um so thank you for bringing that Mm. up it's a good reminder for me i Mm. i have this thing and i don't know if this is related to flow maybe or just uh, tapping into um the energies that are out there but i have this thing that if something comes up more than once Mm. sort of two three times Mm. i'm meant to do it yes um and it's i'm meant to hear that message Mm. or i'm meant to and then share that message onwards as well Mm. so thank you again Mm. uh, for that great I love that as well like yeah I think I think there's a real thing that when you go into business is it you're doing it for the numbers and for the income potential um, because you know potentially you can earn more running your own business than you could be employed mm-hmm. getting and maybe that's what entices people in that actually it's being your own boss and doing all that stuff but they may be still not doing something they really love or are passionate about mm-hmm. and then there's the people like well um, because then it will enable them to do their passion or have the lifestyle they want. Mm. And of course, then there's the flip of, well, actually, if you can make it around your passion and lifestyle and what you want, that actually you're going to enjoy the journey and the process more. Mm-hmm. And if it makes money, um, great. But again, it's not going to be then the be all and end all because actually you're living mm. this kind of passion as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so funny enough, the, the book that um, was talked about flow has these kind of quadrants in how when they all come together, you have that. Um, It's called Icky Guys. Okay. Uh, I I would would have thought you'd have known it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, I have actually recommended it on the book list as well. That's in our community. So if you haven't gone and got the the book list yet and you haven't listened to those books, and it was one of the ones I actually recommended um, to a couple of members of the community Mm. and said, like, if you're going to choose a book, it's not necessarily business based, Mm. but it's going to give you a real grounding for Mm. maybe what you want to go into and finding Mm. your passion and finding the, that equilibrium in the middle mm. uh, kind of where all the circles meet so i'll have to get that picture mm. and put it in the community as well that's I what it's...
2: i was going to say is mm. i really recommend if if you're someone who's listening and you're feeling unsure about what your thing is print off a picture of the ikigai diagram mm. and look at it every day and gradually things will fall into place
0: love that awesome feeling so many crossovers is great uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, um, so we're going slightly off and to a kind of new tangent here, but you have just become a mum mm-hmm. to beautiful Joshua that I've had cuddles with today. Um, obviously, being a mum myself, I've seemed to obviously attract um, some of my listeners want to know what it's like really to be a mum and run businesses and, you know, how the balance of that all. Um, we've had lovely uh, Khadija on the podcast as well. Uh, she is a self-reclaimed mumpreneur, and she has a she well, she should be getting a book out there soon called the diary of a mompreneur and um, obviously it's still very new I also want to get your take on the word mompreneur as well um, <laughs> but I think what I'm trying to get at is how are you making it work for you and I don't know if you again if you've coached anyone any clients that are in that position and the differences now between kind of what business was like before and how you've kind of adapted with it mm. uh, since joshua coming along
2: mm-hmm. well first of all being a mum is honestly just the most magical thing i've ever mm-hmm. experienced there's so many things that i've experienced in life where i've gone wow this is so magical <laughs> you know which includes finding coaching and experiencing that joy and that deep fulfillment and that deep like ignition in my belly of having a conversation with someone where they get free of something that they was previously constraining them, or they see a new possibility, or we come up with a new idea together, or they feel really understood and heard for the first time, then again, I would say, actually prior to that, moving to New York, being on the plane, Mm -hmm. as the plane took off, and I felt that feeling of, wow, I'm actually moving to another continent.
1: Mm.
2: That was really magical. And then the other two things that come to mind are are falling in love with my fiance, where it was just a deeper love than I've ever experienced before. And I went, wow, I kind of knew this was possible, (laughs) but wow, it's just amazing. I've never felt anything like this. And then again, I felt, you know, when Joshua came along and initially when I was in the theatre, because I had to have an emergency cesarean, Mm. I was so upset that I'd had to have an emergency caesarean. Mm. I actually didn't want to hold him initially oh. because I felt mad at myself and I felt mad at him. I was like, why hasn't he cooperated? <laughs> and Why is my body not cooperated? Yeah. So after that initial phase of like, okay, I've had a, a, an emergency caesarean, I was in recovery and I'd sort of calmed down a bit. When I held him in my arms for the first time, it was just unlike anything else. It, I mean, it just is, as you know, <laughs> just a very very special and unique form of love and Mm. a very special and unique kind of accomplishment as well to know that you've successfully grown a human (laughs) and brought a human into the world yes (laughs) Uh, it's just phenomenal um and i don't think it's for everyone i think that it's a very very personal choice and Mm. you know if it's something that's speaking to you and you're in a relationship where you know hey this person's going to be a great parent and you know that you've done some of that really important groundwork to clear your baggage mm. such that there's an open space for a child to come into then it's something i i wholeheartedly recommend mm. and i don't think there's a perfect time for it
1: no. so
2: you know i know people can get very in their heads about you know i'll i'll have a child when this box and this box and this box and this box are ticked and i actually you know we my fiance and i we had been talking about having a family together um but we didn't necessarily plan to have him at the moment when he popped in Mm
3: -hmm.
2: we we sort of said any time from now will be fine yep um (laughs) ideally we'd like to have a little bit of time to get some things in order um, but any time from now is fine he will be you know welcomed and loved and appreciated and we will take amazing care of him and he literally dropped in within a few days of us having that conversation I got pregnant within a few days of us having that
0: conversation. wow
2: and <laughs> I had moments along the way of pregnancy of being like shit how on earth am I going to juggle am I allowed to swear
0: you have so don't worry
2: <laughs> um how on earth am I going to juggle Having a, a business mm. that's still, um, my business now is nearly three years old, mm-hmm. it's two and a half years old. Um, and, you know, it took off very, very quickly and it's in a great spot. But I was like, how on earth am I going to juggle having a business that's still relatively new, mm. that's not yet hands off? And I don't think my business will ever be hands off. I don't really desire it to be. Yeah, I definitely there are bits where I, you know, leverage other people and and leverage my team. But I always want to be in it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that's happened is that being a parent, when you're in that process of being about to become a parent, and then when you are a parent, (laughs) there's so much extra clarity that comes in Mm. that can have an enormous benefit to you as a human being and also an enormous benefit to you as a professional. Mm. There are things that I wouldn't have done before, ideas that I wouldn't have had before, that I've now had as a result of being pregnant or having a child that make me more effective um, and have enabled me to coach my clients more effectively. Mm. And the last question that you asked was around whether I've coached anyone through this. I Mm -hmm. have one client who I coached through her... Uh, We'd been working together for about a year and a half. She became pregnant. Again, hers was, you know, she was in a committed relationship. Um, They were planning to have children together. They'd sort of had the conversation. They were already engaged. Baby dropped in instantly. (laughs) And um, I coached her through that. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for it for two reasons. One one is I got to make a difference to her and I got to make a difference to her baby and her family. And the second reason is I got a bit of a heads up. (laughs) yeah (laughs) because no one else outside the context of me coaching my client no one else had been you know radically honest with me about what it was like to be a new mother Mm. um, and some of the struggles Uh, the emotional struggles as well as the the physical stuff that's going on and Mm. you know where your relationship can go with your body where you kind of can experience a bit of a wobble where you think oh I'm a bit more wobbly than I'm used to and (laughs) (laughs) and dealing with all of that and that was a huge huge gift and um she is an amazing woman and from quite soon after birth she was back doing spinning and um back working wow and um just an absolute ninja and I sort of got to see <laughs> that that helped me she was doing that in the early days of my pregnancy mm. and that helped me I'd never before seen an example that close up
1: mm.
2: of someone having a new baby and still being really effective in business and I thought oh yeah well she could do it yeah I think I can do it too so that was really great
0: that's a really good point actually I think uh, I kind of had to learn it along the way, actually, a little bit of how it was going to work. But I made this um, kind of commitment to myself. And it's funny you saying about, you know, planning. Probably me and Steve were probably the most planned out in terms of how babies come along and like, right, no, let's go for it this time. And so Ella was born in September. Um, obviously, we were extremely lucky to fall pregnant very quickly. But actually, I'd written down in my Evernote. As I'm using now Evernote oh, we, on my love phone. Evernote. Uh, we love Evernote we do uh, we love the tick box as yes. well don't we yes um, <laughs> that actually having a baby was not going to be a hindrance it was going to actually enhance and be I don't think I can even remember the word baby brain of course uh, is a thing as well um, and I find myself home to write more notes and make sure but yeah the, the word I want isn't coming to me out if I think of it it'll pop out but yeah really that it would I think the word is enhanced and would mm. bring this greater level of relatedness as well that actually you know as a public speaker as a business person mm. many people who have children already or maybe thinking about having children how that's going to work while they're running their own businesses that actually I could then bring this new level of relatedness to them mm. um, and I think if one people can relate to any kind of area of age or sex or religion the big one is family because we all have had some sort of family along Mm. the way Mm. um and so we can all relate to that so i think when your family expands Mm. um you become more relatable as well so Mm. can i pick up the word mumpreneur and i'm not going to say my i'm going to try and keep poker face about it (laughs) any thoughts about that word at all
2: i personally am not a fan of the word mumpreneur
0: um
2: i think it's a distraction
3: Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah. I think if you are if you're describing yourself as a mumpreneur, Mm -hmm. you're opening the door to people who don't want to become parents, Mm. or people who are men, Mm -hmm. to filter you out. Got it. Because you're less relatable to them. So if you only want to work with and inspire uh, entrepreneurs who are mothers, mumpreneur would work could work really really well. Yep. But if you're wanting to appeal to work with empower a wider audience yeah then i I, I don't think that it's a good fit
0: mm. no it's, it's really interesting so I'm you've got a different take on it but i I get that completely Um, than what I had and my whole I suppose my baggage around it was that it seems like you're keeping yourself smaller than maybe what you really are but another take on it um from as I say Khadija who's who's been on the program self-confessed mompreneur, she, and I love the way she explained it. And actually I probably became slightly more enamored with the word than I had been previously. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was the idea that she is a businesswoman, a pr- entrepreneur mm. building multiple businesses and that's a full time job in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally she is a mum and she'll always be a mum first, mm. you know, even though she started, well she started building a business uh, at the same time as becoming a mum. And that's another full time job. And so what she wanted to put out into the world was that she's got these two full time jobs, Mm. which I think is lovely. But I I, Mm. and it's interesting. um, And again, it's interesting how these things come up and align at the same time. Why I wanted to bring up as well. uh, One of my mentors, uh, Rob Moore, who's in the first episode of uh, Leverage Lifestyle, he actually did a video this morning on it. So again, it's how these things oh. are lying I just love it. Oh. Um, how he was coaching a woman who had previously been coached around: should she only uh, appeal to women, or mm. just try and uh, market herself and her services to women? Mm-hmm. And his essential advice to her was: well, you're just you've just reduced your market by fifty percent. Yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of what you're saying there, yeah. isn't it? Really, that actually you're now going to cut off potentially or not allow these people to come to you who you might be able to help or yeah. work with you because you've just turned them off with that potentially that word mumpreneur because yeah. they now think you're only for women in business or mm-hmm. womenpreneurs who are mums mm-hmm. and that's even more niche mm-hmm. so
2: exactly yeah
0: yeah no I, th- I think that's right and I, I I suppose what I am about is that each to their own and yeah. for every person to have their reason yeah. and like you say you just need to be clear on what your niche is and yeah um who you're trying to appeal to and maybe yeah. who maybe you're not wanting to appeal to or it wouldn't be a right to appeal to mm. so
2: mm. cool yeah i'm all about conscious branding <laughs> like that yeah
3: Conscious branding. whatever, whatever
2: decision you make about your brand is is great um as long as you do it consciously mm. then perfect
0: okay let's go into some questions from some of the listeners mm-hmm. they did want to get into the nitty-gritty so mm. this isn't me it's them okay. <laughs> Okay. So like I said, there was a lot around this kind of financial stuff. So, but it's, I suppose it also kicks in with the mindset that it takes to one, change from being employed to that kind of risk that there is of having your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have any kind of downtime where maybe you had to take a dip in earnings, where, did you have a kind of plan around that? Mm -hmm. Again, I have my thoughts around whether entrepreneurs really have as much plans as they think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And was there a period of survival without a kind of a guaranteed income? I suppose Mm. that's kind of what Mm. uh, this this is clearly coming from people maybe yet to make that transition and uh, are really thinking about it and planning it. Mm. And I suppose my thinking is maybe don't worry about that so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's always good to get people's examples. so mm. they've asked the questions they yeah. want to know so um that's john and diego and uh, and philip there so yeah
2: okay well first of all i think i do think that's a great question because mm. it's very natural to have you know as human beings we have three brains we have our head brain our heart brain and our gut brain mm. and the guts concerned with like fun and fulfillment and like visceral um kind of stuff And the heart is concerned with like, does this feel good? And is this nurturing relationships? And do I feel safe? And that kind of stuff. And then the head is all about the rational stuff. So we all have a head brain. And Mm -hmm. the head brain has its concerns. (laughs) Um, And it can be really, um, really valuable to give the head brain some information that can be reassuring. Got it. (laughs) Um, And to plan in a way that is going to fulfill your head brain as well as your heart and your gut. Mm. So I am 100% not a proponent of going and quitting your job tomorrow with no contingency plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I have met and I have coached people who are not enjoying what they're doing currently and um, who you know have an urge to quit. Um, and I've coached them through working out what's the thing they really want to do, Mm. and starting to build that up as a side business Mm -hmm. before they then go ahead and quit. Yes. Um, So I'm a big proponent of building up a a side hustle before you go ahead and quit. Mm. Now, I was in kind of a, a fairly unusual situation in the sense that my visa to be in America was very strict about the fact I was only allowed to make money from the job that I was there to do
0: got it
3: the right. job
2: that was written on my visa yeah and i have a rebellious heart <laughs> um in terms of i love going into stagnant structures i love uh, having a conversation with someone who's feeling a bit stuck and shaking things up but i'm not a fan of breaking the law
0: got it <laughs> and so i was
2: coaching you know i mentioned earlier coaching free so yes. i was coaching yep. free so when i left my job I hadn't made a single penny from coaching yet
0: Mm.
3: and
2: it wasn't because I hadn't been coaching it's because I'd chosen to coach free in order to not break the law and so that was terrifying yeah (laughs) really scary because I knew yeah I'm a great coach but I didn't have that proof of yes I know I can be a good coach and make money Mm. and so that was slightly terrifying Now, what I actually did is I came back to London to drop off my little cats (laughs) and to drop them off with my family and to drop off my bags. Um, And then I decided to go to Australia. Okay. Actually, I booked the ticket to Australia before I left America. I felt this irresistible urge. And I know lots of people in corporate positions can relate to this as well as entrepreneurs um, who've gone through the transition. I had this irresistible urge. To just go and lie on a beach and do nothing Mm -hmm. for at least two weeks, possibly several
3: months.
2: (laughs) And, you know, I was in a fortunate position. I had had a good amount of buffer built up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I definitely wouldn't recommend going and lying on a beach if you don't have buffer built up. And I wouldn't recommend quitting a job that you haven't made any money from yet if you don't have a really good amount of buffer. Really, you need at least a year's buffer and ideally a lot more. Mm -hmm. When you have a lot more, what you're able to do is you can then both um, sustain your lifestyle, uh, but also you can invest in the business Mm -hmm. and invest in your own further development, which is really important. So I went to Australia. I lay on the beach. I, for the first time in my life, had several weeks of time where I wasn't following any particular routine I didn't have to do anything Mm. I was just able to wake up in the morning and go what do I fancy doing today
1: Mm.
2: I was able to be with my own thoughts without interruption and that was enormously valuable and incredibly integral to the process of finding out how to get in flow Mm. because before that I'd always been you know having these pockets of time where I could tune in And ask myself what I wanted. And then, oh, I've got to run and do that. Oh, I've got to run and do that. Oh, I've got to run and do that. Oh, I need to do this. Um, And that was hugely, hugely valuable. So I didn't make any money until after I got back from Australia. Mm -hmm. I started producing content. Um, I set up a free Facebook group that I invited people to join. Uh, I think it was if they wanted to have more energy. Mm -hmm. And it was like a seven-day training thing. Um, And I started doing videos on facebook at the time facebook live wasn't a thing but i did videos walking along the beach recorded them then went back and then when i was on wi-fi uploaded them um, to empower people Um, so i was building my authority Mm. i was sharing with my audience uh, but i didn't make any money until after i got back from australia so it was four months four months where i didn't make anything Mm -hmm. and then once i did it it just well First thing that I think is really really important to share is if you have never been an entrepreneur before you can have people who are really hungry to work with you and who are going to say an immediate yes and you can be getting the results coming in and you can still be feeling weird about asking for money.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> so that's what happened for me. Mm-hmm. I, in the beginning I wasn't comfortable about asking for or receiving money. Mm. <laughs> but it still it came yeah um and then i was doing that work behind the scenes to become more comfortable with it mm-hmm. um and then as i became more and more comfortable with it the money got bigger and bigger yeah um but it's okay if you have a business and it's a new business and you feel a bit nervous about asking for money it doesn't mean you shouldn't ask for money it doesn't mean you're not worthy of the money it's very very natural that it's weird when you're first when you first mm. become an entrepreneur
0: because it's, it's different. You don't have to ask for your paycheck at the end of the month, <laughs> do you? When you're employed, you just get it. It goes yeah. in your bank account. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's a really good point. It's interesting, actually. Um, so, uh, another businesswoman that I'm going to be interviewing probably next week, actually, I had to catch up with her. She's a friend, anyway. Uh, we've known each other since school. Uh, she quit like the day. Like she just had this moment and she did just quit and she didn't have a buffer mm. so i feel like there's different ways of doing it for sure yeah and the interesting thing is obviously the perspective you're coming from is working with clients who are in those kind of places you obviously did have a buffer that's the way you know but of course yeah. everyone's going to have a different way about them
2: yeah i mean it's not I, i'm not saying don't do it full stop i'm just yeah. saying i can't recommend it
0: yes exactly
2: because even for me having buffer Having that four months where I made no money Mm. was actually, even though I was chilling out on the beach, I felt icky (laughs) about not having Mm. the money coming in. For the first time ever, I'd never had a gap in employment. I'd never had a month from the age of like 17. I'd never had a month where I didn't have any money coming in. Yeah, And I've also worked with people who have Experienced that in the past, mm. and then they've come to work with me,
3: mm.
2: and they've got all up in their head about oh, but my first six months or my first one year in business, I didn't make any money or I didn't make as much money as I could have, mm. because they didn't put those found foundations in place beforehand. Yeah, and I see the impact that that can have on someone's self-esteem. Yeah, um, so that's why I don't recommend it. Yeah, but I'm not saying you know if you know that that's for you and you believe in yourself completely and you love the thrill of danger and you're not someone where danger makes you freak out and your brain shuts down which is what happens with many people yeah um then go for it
0: yeah that's it uh, i completely agree and i and i don't think that's many people there's there's an element i think as well when you become or if you have got that entrepreneurial spirit about you and you do go and you want to set up your own business you're always going to have um, an element of risk there, and you're probably more. Um, I think I'm trying to think of the word. So if you're risk averse, you don't want it. But if you're risk pro risk, pro risk. Yeah, I was trying to think like what's the, yeah, um, the opposite. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you need a little bit of risk in your life, if mm. you're quite happy with risk, if you're. Uh, know that you're going to take maybe a bit of dip in income that you are going to have to go like you say through that weird phase of asking people for money and sending out invoices and Mm. um, that actually that's for you Mm. then great and and I also have to say to people I'm sure there's many people who are listening to this who it's still okay to be employed and if you need that reassurance yeah. of a paycheck and your business always is going to be a side hustle mm. because you need because you are completely risk averse or you need that regularity of income mm. just have a side hustle business mm-hmm. and and that's cool too mm-hmm. so yeah mm,
2: definitely uh, that's a really really important point the other thing i want to share is the number one reason why i didn't make any money for my first four months i didn't ask for any money there you go. <laughs> I was I was just going on Facebook, like <laughs> sharing, like, "Hey guys, I want to inspire you today. Here are some nuggets." Did not ask a single person for money. Didn't invite a single person to do a consultation with me. Um, so the other thing that I really want the listeners to take away is like, ask. Yeah. <laughs> ask and you shall receive. There we go. If you actually go out and you say, "Hey, would you like to know about you know whatever it is that you're offering?" Um, or you know, can I offer you some value? Um, then yeah, things will flow very readily.
0: <laughs> so such a good point. But one of my um, mantras and sayings is like, "Don't ask, don't get."
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You've got to ask for it if you if you, otherwise it won't come. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And cool.
2: people people are not psychic. You know, if you're <laughs> if you're someone who's going on Facebook adding value, but you're not at any point saying, "Hey, if you'd like to get more of this from me, send me a message." People are a lot less likely to send you a message. I mean, okay. I did still have people who were messaging me going, oh, my gosh, I've been viewing your content. It's amazing. How do I work with you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, which I was very, very lucky that that happened, <laughs> but that doesn't happen to everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. you got to let people know what they've got to do next. Yes. That's cool.
2: And what you're offering.
0: That's it. So a really good question from Emerald here as well. Going from that kind of corporate structure, obviously you gave yourself... Like you say, you kind of were giving yourself four months to be on the beach, but you were creating content. You were yep. You were laying the foundations, like you say, uh, before you came back and then started actually asking for money. But how did you then go? So you're saying that obviously you didn't have a structure necessarily in Australia. Mm. Coming back and then creating a structure for yourself when you don't have like set hours. Mm-hmm. How did that go for you? How did you manage that, I suppose?
2: Um, so the first, the first thing that I have to share is that my intention initially with australia was i'm going to get to australia i'm going to lie on the beach for a few weeks then i'm just going to walk into cafes and people are just going to be so drawn to me that they're going to ask me about what i do and then they're going to become clients <laughs> that was my initial vision for australia good it, like it um in reality what happened was um after those first two weeks of enjoying the peacefulness yeah and the space You know both the physical space and the energetic space and the time space i thought oh i need a bit more consistency you know i'm sort of moving from hotel to hotel Mm. um and i did a few airbnbs as well and i even i'm quite proud of myself i managed two nights in a hostel (laughs) (laughs) two whole nights two whole nights um, just not for you <laughs> no it just it wasn't it wasn't for me I kind of wanted to I thought it would be more social and it would be fun and no. I was like yeah like it's so cheap like that would be you know like really like a really financially savvy thing to do and then no. I realized no no it's not for me so what I actually ended up doing is I realized I want to be in one space I don't want to be packing and unpacking every day or every few days uh, which i was doing primarily in order to explore more of australia yeah so i did a good chunk of the east coast and i thought i'm kind of confusing two things here i had thought that i wanted to come here to start my business from a new totally new territory Mm. uh, and a fresh slate Um, But then I'm also kind of wanting to explore this new territory. (laughs) I think I'd rather stay here for less time, Mm -hmm. make it almost pure holiday and just totally throw out the window the possibility of getting clients here and just focus on enjoying it and producing great content. Yeah. And then get home, be in one spot, have that consistency, have some structure and grow the business from there. Mm. I also at the time had taken for granted that the time zone between Australia and London was so radically different. So I had people who were messaging me who were wanting to work with me. Um, and I had to w- wait until I got back mm. because the time zone was so incompatible. Yeah. So basically what I decided to do is to just kind of enjoy the, the holiday. And I came back after six weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I started the growing, growing the business from London. I know people who have established and grown businesses while traveling and Mm. they've made it work. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah. I needed more consistency. I needed more structure. And I also yearned for that consistency of social connections as well. Mm. Um, The whole kind of being on my own thing and not being able to call a friend and say, hey, do you want to hang out? Um, Having to sort of build relationships from scratch on a daily basis um I found that um that didn't really work for me yeah what was the question you asked I went off on a slight Uh, tangent
0: that's quite it's good it's a good (laughs) lead-in so in terms of then managing the role you do in terms of your business and how you create a structure now for yourself because obviously if you've come from a corporate background and your you know your hours are your hours and Mm. all of that Mm. um I think it's really interesting people wanting to understand how it kind of works so obviously you're working with clients um but you have certain things you need to get done in your day. I appreciate that's probably now changed a little bit with Joshua coming along, but how did you make that work then going from that transition of kind of set hours? Obviously you've got that time in Australia, you've figured out that actually, let's just enjoy my time there, come back. How did you kind of set up and be in control of your your time? So
2: what I did is from the beginning, I was so hungry to work with people that I would accept bookings at virtually any time of day, as long uh, as it wasn't past 10 p.m.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So I started off coaching people any time between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m., oh. seven days a week. Oh. <laughs> now, at the time, I was single, uh-huh. didn't have a child. Uh, that sort of worked fine for me. Uh-huh. On reflection, on reflection, it wasn't really the best container. To be expanding from because I believe and there's an article uh, that I was interviewed on this for, I think it's in in Thrive Global about routine or it's in Startup Grind. I think it's in Startup Grind Mm -hmm. um, where I was interviewed talking about the psychological reasons that entrepreneurs need a routine.
3: Ah, okay.
2: And I really do believe that entrepreneurs or most entrepreneurs do need a routine in order to have that That part of the day where you just automatically know without thinking Mm. what you're doing.
0: Yeah.
3: So you
2: wake up and you go, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then I choose what to do next. Mm -hmm. If you wake up and you don't have a routine, it uh, is a lot more overwhelming for your brain. Mm. It's a lot more, takes up a lot more cognitive load, which can really take its toll on your brain power. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you get what's called decision fatigue. So the more decisions that you need to make in a day. Yeah. The more you get tired of making decisions. <laughs> and you sort of run out of steam. Uh, run out of steam and you're like okay I'm done. Yeah. So if you're using up. Your cognitive load. To make decisions about your routine. On a day by day basis. As opposed to having it pre-established. It just. It's taking up unnecessary brain power. Mm. Um, and so. What I did is I was working seven days a week for probably the first year and a half. And I realized at some point midway through that first year and a half, I think I'd quite like to have evenings and Sundays off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sundays, it took me a bit longer, but I realized quite early on, I think I'd like to have evenings off Mm -hmm. because I was finding it really hard to see friends. Yeah. Especially because at the time, most of my friends were working corporate jobs. Mm -hmm. So they weren't available during the day. Yeah. Um, and when I made that switch, my business actually grew. So there can be that mm. initial point of fear where you go, oh, but if I don't spend 24-7 on my business, how is it going to grow? Mm. But here's the thing. If your needs aren't met, mm. then your business isn't going to grow anyway. Got it, yeah. If your needs to connect with human beings, your need to have social time, your need to do yoga or whatever kind of exercise it is really nourishes you. Yeah. those needs aren't met, your business isn't going to grow because Mm. you're going to be like a sad little wilting flower and it's just not going to happen. But when those needs are met, you are this beautiful, springy, colourful flower (laughs) and all the bees want to come and do their thing.
0: Love that. That's a great analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really good lesson as well. And I think, again... Anyone going through transitions and even people, you know, I, I know many entrepreneurs and they are just all about the hustle, all about the grind. And I can just see like burnout coming their way. Mm. And sometimes they've got to experience it for themselves mm. because, you know, you can you can tell someone all they like, but until they know it themselves or see it themselves, like it can be a hard thing to to see um and realize and some people love it you know they love the the hustle they love the grind and actually that's what they want to do and that, that's cool but i don't think do that's for everyone and, you know this podcast is called leverage lifestyle and i think you know you've brought up a great point there where it's like actually you've got to nourish yourself take care of yourself and actually that doesn't necessarily mean your business is going to be hindered mm-hmm. if anything it actually can help it grow so mm. Thank you for.
2: And the other thing that's important there as well is like remembering why you got into it. Like for me, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that I wanted to quit the corporate world and start my coaching business was to have more freedom myself. And so when I then found myself, hang on a minute, like I'm working seven days a week, I'm working evenings, there are days where I'm not leaving home. (laughs) But one of the reasons I started. Was in order to have more freedom. Hang on, that doesn't compute. Yeah. So sometimes you got to kind of remind yourself of why, or one of the reasons why you decided yeah. to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. And you know, often there is that time in the beginning of a business where your lifestyle takes a hit. You have a lesser lifestyle because mm-hmm. perhaps you're earning more. You're earning less money. Yeah. And you. Um, have less time because you're devoting this time to growing the business and that's totally natural and fine yeah but you want to be clear about what's your cut-off point how long are you willing to do that for and what's your financial point where when you're making that number you can actually start to give yourself um a bit more of what you really need
0: yeah I think that's so important and um yeah it's something I've been trying to get across and it's interesting you've you've picked up on a question again that um, uh, one of the audience members asked but it's something I like to ask um, so Sharon saying about what's your initial vision and why and I always say to people like think about why you started your business in the first place Mm -hmm. and make sure that's like in your view the whole time so you can create the lifestyle that you really wanted and like say yes there's going to be a bit of sacrifice up front or a bit of you know financial hit or time freedom hit but actually it's the longer term gains and rewards. Um, So you mentioned one of the reasons, yes, obviously you found like actually you were coaching anyway, so it made sense to go into and create this coaching business. But obviously you've said there to have this more freedom, to have the lifestyle you wanted. Um, So was that probably one of the reasons to then start your own business? And how has that vision, that why, changed for you now three years in or so? So
2: As I sort of touched on before, I wasn't miserable in my job. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed my job. It was very intellectually stimulating. I got to be really creative. I worked with great colleagues. We had a good laugh. We had a great culture, um, all that jazz. Um, One of the big things that sort of flicked a switch for me, where I went, hang on, not only do I have this passion for something else, but also this isn't going to be compatible with me in a few years. Mm. Is when I got to, I think it was twenty eight. I hit twenty eight, and I thought, mm, I definitely want to have a family. I'd like to have a family in the not too distant future, mm. and I don't want to outsource my parent. My I don't want to outsource my children's upbringing. Yeah, and I don't want to be like a stressed out, angry woman when I'm <laughs> around my children. Yeah, and so I knew that I wanted to be able to work from home mm. as much as possible. And I wanted to be able to be in a situation where even if there was somebody else helping me, which as you know, you've met my nanny who's here this mm-hmm. morning, even if there was someone else helping me, I could still be present. Yes. So my nanny just started a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Much of the time that she's been here, I'm still at home. Yeah. I'm just able to focus on working. Yeah. And sort of giving joshua like little cheeky glances and you know giving him a wave and and things while he's playing with his nanny but i didn't want to be in a situation where i was gone all day and then coming home and giving my children the last of me Mm. and having to be in a situation where it was all or nothing i mean what a load of nonsense to have to be in an all or nothing situation yeah I knew that when my children were really young, I wanted to work a bit less, but to still have help so that I could work. Uh, And then as they got older, then I'd I'd work more again. Um, And I think that that is such an important benefit of being an entrepreneur, Mm. is being able to say, do you know what? I'm really, really effective at what I do. Mm. I'm really credible. Uh, I have a great reputation. I have some... um, uh, passive income, or have some automated systems in place. Yeah. Um. And so I'm going to choose to work a bit less during this time, so that I can spend more time with family, or spend more time travelling, or whatever your thing is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: a really, really important thing because you may be absolutely obsessed with what you do. I'm obsessed with what I do. <laughs> I was messaging my clients in the labour room, <laughs> and then I was doing sessions within. I was doing some sessions with clients like a week after I had him Mm. while nursing him and that's just you know I I love what I do but that doesn't mean that you're gonna want to do it all day every day especially when certain other things are happening yeah yeah Um, so I think being able to say do you know what I could do this all day every day Mm. but I've got other priorities Mm. and I'm gonna choose to have it all you know I don't feel right now I don't feel like I'm settling in any way Mm. i'm getting to spend a a huge amount of time with my son Mm. i'm also getting to make a massive impact with the work that i'm doing Um, now that i have a nanny i'm able to do my coaching sessions without him in the room Mm. which i mean the sessions were already super effective with him in the room but obviously he's now getting bigger and a bit more chatty and things so (laughs) you know that's that's not sustainable yes um and then I can do the other stuff things like writing things like other kind of content production while he's napping but being able to choose not to have all or nothing is really important
0: yeah I think uh, you've brought up a really good path I want to go down actually (laughs) in terms of especially for women but I think for men as well and going to be plenty of single dads out there as well who are building businesses and things or you know they haven't got maybe a partner as well in the mix or the partner's also building their own businesses or whatever it might be so I think it's really important that we talk about the help that we might need Mm. and so when I talk about a leveraged lifestyle like I said I'm not just thinking about okay, what you can leverage in business like outsource or virtual assistants or team members, but also what you need to do in your personal life Mm. if you're going to be able to grow your business, grow your brand, grow your reach and impact and all of that. Mm. So, you know, it's great you obviously brought up the fact that you went down the path of hiring a nanny. Mm. Um, It's something we've considered. uh, Ella's actually now at at nursery uh, and Milo, me and my husband, along with um, grandparents kind of share the load at the moment. But again, it might be something Mm. for us further down the the road but we have cleaners we have a gardener Mm. uh, window cleaners all those kind of things in place because i don't want to be spending my time when i'm not building the business or when i'm not looking after children then doing other chores that i really don't like and i'm not great at yeah so for me that was that was the reason those things got put in place but actually you you an article actually i shared with the leverage lifestyle community on the facebook group um was one that you put on uh, i think i initially saw on your instagram about uh, another female uh, entrepreneur who was really upfront about how much Mm. help it takes to uh, grow, uh, and she's now at seven figures, and grow that business to that point, but she wasn't at seven figures when she hired these people. And I think that's the key thing as well, that you don't have to be earning these, you know, massive five-figure, six-figure, seven-figures to be able to employ the people that are gonna help you get there. Mm. You mentioned Nanny. Is there any other people, again, personal, business, that you're like I could not do what I do without them mm. and anyone that you would say okay get these roles or mm. get these kind of team members behind you, or power team whatever you want mm. to call them behind you um, how they've helped you in your business.
2: Mm. Um, first of all I just want to say this is really this is about delegation so mm. you don't need to be paying someone Yeah. so as you said your grand- uh, Ella's grandparents mm. have been really helpful to you. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't. You know, paying people is not always the solution. If you've got obvious mm. people who really want to help you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then by all means, that's going to be the first choice for many people. Yeah. Um. My family are further away. Yeah. Um. So that that just wasn't workable, and um, we didn't want to move. Yeah. Um. So for me, um, having a nanny makes perfect sense. Yeah. The The other thing I would say about a nanny that's very important Mm. is um, for me is it depends on if you are able to drop children off. This Mm. might sound like a bit of a technical detail. (laughs) If you're able to drop children off with a family member,
3: Mm.
2: that's going to work really well. If you need to have a family member come to you Mm -hmm. in order to help you, um, that's potentially going to cause conflict. If you want to get work done. Mm -hmm it can be a bit trickier for <laughs> people who are related to you and not being paid to understand, Hey, I need to go in this room for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and not be interrupted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's another big perk for mm. me of, uh, of the nanny situation. That's it. Um, So um, yeah. And, and obviously the point you raised around, you know, finances as well of I hired a cleaner before I really wanted to financially.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: In order to free up my time so that I could earn more. Yes. So there was that initial period of like, mm, I'm not fully comfortable doing this yet because I'm investing a lot in the business.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and it feels
0: like another expense going out. It feels like
2: another expense going out. Yeah. Um, but I did it. And I think the month I did it, my income grew. Uh, it went up five times. Wow. So it, uh, quad, no, what's five?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Oh. More than quadrupled. More than quadrupled, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so my income more than quadrupled. Amazing. And it's literally, you know, when you actually give yourself permission, and I love the example that you gave where you just said, look, you know, I don't really enjoy it. I'm not brilliant at it. Mm. When you say, do you know what? I don't enjoy this. I'm not brilliant at it. I'm going to allow myself to Mm. ask someone else for help, whether that's a family member or whether it's hiring someone. Yeah. You send an incredibly strong message to yourself of like, I care about you. Mm. Hey you, I care about you. (laughs) I care about you doing what you're best at and what Mm. you enjoy. And I give you permission to delegate or outsource the stuff that isn't that or as much of it as possible.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. So... As I said, you know, when my night's here, much of the time I might be in the room, but she's doing the legwork. Yes. So I'm still able to be physically present, energetically present, but she's doing the admin. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I have a cleaner. I have two VAs. Yep. I have an amazing uh, accountancy um, firm that I use who also do my bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Um, With the VAs, I have one VA who does... Uh, some additional kind of uh, bookkeeping and and finance stuff uh, and invoice uh, invoice follow-ups. And then my other VA does, uh, she helps me with um, some business development stuff and with uh, social media scheduling Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and um, also keeping me accountable. You know, Mm. I, I don't have someone to keep me accountable. So what I love being able to say to her is, hey, I really want to get this done this week. I'd like you to help me with it. That's cool. I need to send you this in order for you to help me with it. If I haven't sent it to you by Tuesday, please nudge me.
0: Love that. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I actually do that with uh, one of our VAs as well. Yeah. Um, Mary, she's uh Actually, I kind of do it with Mary Ann actually. But yeah, the... the that's really an important thing to actually bring up because I don't think I've ever actually mentioned that, that that's one of the things I get the VAs to do and say, look, if, ha- if you haven't had it by that point and actually yeah. giving them permission to nudge me, yeah. of course, that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are like, well, you know, what do you use your VAs for? I've probably never mentioned to keep me accountable and yeah. on track and if I need to deliver something by a certain date yeah. that I do it yeah. because, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really, really valuable. Yeah. And then also building a plan together mm. so that you've kind of got this this thought in your mind of well we've built this plan together if i don't deliver what i need to deliver it's gonna screw up her bit of the plan yeah um and that can be really useful when you've then got kind of other priorities coming at you Mm. um that sometimes might feel more urgent but less important yeah Um, you know that that quadrant with the kind of urgent important thing is very important looking at. You know, for example, if you've got dirty laundry and you've got no underwear to wear, that might be urgent, mm-hmm. but not important. Yes. Um, so, uh, my cleaner helps me. I have a cleaner who um, comes twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, she helps me with laundry mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously cleaning uh, and ironing. Because, I, I mean, I just have... I mean... <laughs> There was once upon a time where I used to find ironing quite relaxing, mm. uh, but it's such a waste of time.
0: I need to tell you this, actually, because I've said it many times on the podcast, which also just proves that my mum doesn't listen to the podcast. So thanks, mum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she was staying over the other night and she got up the next morning and she wanted to iron a dress that she'd brought with her. And she went, oh, so where's your ironing and iron board? And I said, no, no, that, that's how I don't iron. I don't own an iron or an ironing board it's the way I get out of ironing and I was like one most of my clothes don't need ironing and if Steve needs some shirts done or whatever they get sent out to be done and then yeah. brought back um, and she thought I was joking I was like no deadly serious mm. Um, because otherwise I feel like you know it becomes then the thing that oh I'll just grab it out and I'll just do it it's like no I've made it a priority that that's one thing I hate doing, so I'm just never going to do it. And what's the best way to do that? Not own an iron or an ironing board. Yeah, um, I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. So but good. yeah, she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> She's like, "You're joking, um, right?" So, so yeah.
2: um, the other thing that I just thought of as he was speaking there is uh, that I uh, is very very important is that it might feel weird initially right? if you mm. have never had a cleaner before or you've never had a babysitter before you've never had a nanny before you've never asked your family to look after your children during the week before Mm. um and let's say you need to ask a family member to come and look after your child and not interrupt you (laughs) um then it can feel awkward Mm. and that's okay it doesn't mean that you don't need to do it yeah and what will happen is that the more that you practice saying oh could you do this for me please mm. or you know here are the ground rules you know i'm so happy you're here thank you so much for coming really mm. appreciate it just so you know my schedule is xyz at this time i'll be on the phone um if you could not interrupt me unless the house is on fire <laughs> that would be great yeah um here's what you need. When you're setting those boundaries and when you're asking people to do things for you for the first time, it it can feel awkward, but practice makes perfect. Yeah. And you just got to push through it.
0: That's such a good, uh, such a good, important lesson to say. And thank you for sharing that. Because I I had this thing for ages where I was in the house at the same time when the cleaners were there. And I was like, are they just going to think that I'm super lazy? Because I'm here. I could be doing it like I'm in the house, but, you know, I am working or I'm on the laptop or I'm um, or I'm just having a bit of me time, you know, as equally as well. Like it's just because, yeah, they, they do a much better job and hey, I'm paying them a good wage. And
2: exactly. I
0: also have to think about that, that we go through that.
2: Yeah. Do you know, I remember in the beginning when I first, um, when my cleaner first started, and um there was a couple of times where i was resting Mm. because i'd done like six hours of coaching and by the time she came i was like okay i'm done i just need to be yeah and i felt so guilty (laughs) and i would like start sort of trying to help her and then i had to have a conversation with myself i was like no jamie like you're paying her to do it she's gonna do an amazing job it's your rest time just sit and also um the other thing that's very, very important, um, which what you just spoke to, uh, what you just said speaks to, is that if you are an entrepreneur and you're working from home and you're having a cleaner come when you're going to be at home, mm. you really want to make sure to get a cleaner who is um, who understands that and is really respectful of it. Mm. Um, in the beginning, I was hiring through an agency and I had a couple of different people who, Uh, like answered their phone in the same room while I was on the phone with Mm. a client and I was like clearly that's not going to work yeah um the cleaner who I have now she is phenomenal she respects and understands she sees if I'm on the phone she doesn't come in the room she she'll like go do the ironing next door yeah um I will tell her in advance I'll message her in advance and Mm. let her know if I'm going to be on the phone hey just let yourself in please don't come into the lounge I'll be done at this time yeah um and those kind of things that getting that logistics sorted and mm. being really clear so so important yeah. because you don't want to be in a situation where you're on the phone with a client or you're doing some work and you're distracted mm. because someone's bashing around behind you
0: yeah no good good such a good point such a good point point. maybe yeah uh, yeah no it well, we make it work. We've got an upstairs, downstairs, and we kind of figure oh. out, figure it all out. Yeah, I'm like, so just, just don't come in this room, like I'm working. And yeah, yeah, it doesn't get cleaned, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Love that. Okay, I want to go through a few quick fire because this. Well, I've been enjoying it. Has this been good for you? <laughs>
1: yes. Like, great. I don't know how
0: we've suddenly got to an hour and twenty minutes or so. I'm like, <laughs> looking at, wow, where's the time gone? Okay, let's do some quick fire and we'll kind of wrap some things up, shall okay,
2: we?
0: Okay. Perfect. Um. Cool. So, well as I said, I wanted to get you on this podcast for a while because you definitely inspired me with, uh, there was one thing you said around energy loops and you kind of brought that up around this, that you're, those making decisions really does take up that kind of brain power and that time. And uh, you, you inspired me around that and you got me clear on a lot of things and um, just from some coaching we did. Yeah. So I want to know who or what inspires you? <sighs>
2: um, at the moment, I have to say my number one inspiration is my son course Um, he's just such a bundle of joy and sunshine (laughs) and love and he inspires me to really be even more brave and even more bold Mm. because I think one of the side effects of the work that I do with (laughs) grown-ups is happier children Um, when people are living lives and running businesses that they're completely in love with that are profitable and impactful And they're able to have a certain amount of freedom to nourish them, whatever that looks like for them, that contributes to happier children. Um, And also, there's there's some work that I'm planning to do this year with schools, Mm -hmm. sort of talking to children about what does it look like to monetize your magic?
1: As Ooh. opposed to,
2: to go, oh, I should go and get this job.
1: <laughs> um,
2: and also, what does it look like to leverage your intuition yeah. and to also pay attention to your energy? Yeah. Um, because the quality of energy that you're bringing to what you do, mm-hmm. so this is a big thing that comes up with my clients, quality of energy that you're bringing to what you do is even more important than what you're doing. So when you have amazing energy, you can be doing less you can be doing less business development stuff mm. you can be um spending less time working but getting better results yeah because you're so inspiring to both your team and the people you're taking care of or the people who are buying whatever you're selling Amazing. um so in terms of who's most inspiring yet yeah, it has to be my son and next to that is my is my fiance
3: yeah
2: who, who you know. I do. Um, and he's constantly sort of egging me on in different ways. <laughs> and, you know, when you came in, there was a big whiteboard in the middle of the room, <laughs> which he drew out. It's called a business model canvas. Uh, he drew it right before he went away. He's gone away on a trip, but
3: um, it's
2: got partners, key activities, key resources, mm-hmm. revenue streams, cost structure. He drew all of that to to help and support me in my in my planning for this year. So yeah. he's a huge inspiration, and he has a lot more entrepreneurial experience than I have because he's been an entrepreneur since he was about fifteen. Yeah. Um. So he adds a huge amount of value and inspiration.
0: We well, definitely definitely have to get Aaron on the podcast, I reckon, yes. as well. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. It's a bit of a mundane question, but I'm hoping it might elicit something good, so. Well,
2: we've covered cleaning, which is a very important, yet well, also you know, mundane. Matter. Mundane, but so important, yeah. <laughs> so important. <laughs> so, important.
0: <laughs> uh, so best advice you've received?
2: Ooh. I think it's actually, it's on a post-it on my computer. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's the three rules of business. And rule number one is get paid.
0: <laughs> it's a good one.
2: <laughs> rule number two is be referable. Mm. And rule well, number three is be visible. Great. So get paid, be referable, be visible.
0: I think that's great advice for our listeners as well. So, yeah. yeah. Like it. We don't have to go into it anymore. I like that. That's perfect. Um, let's go the opposite. Worst advice you've had along the way, or just maybe some bad advice that you're like, I'm glad I didn't take that.
2: I have to say, one of my coaches told me to break up with my fiance <sighs> before we were engaged. What? told me to break up with him because he said that I wouldn't get as good results he said it was a would be a distraction from my business
0: to just be with anyone then
2: yeah yeah he said you should be single he said if you want to grow the business quickly wow and be your most effective you need to be single
0: is this coach still in your life
2: Uh, it's not coaching me anymore there
0: we go (laughs) 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 that's (laughs) price The, the, the Terrible advice. Well, indeed. And like I said. Yes, and I didn't follow it. Yeah. Well, obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the really interesting thing is for me, like just hearing that is that I know I would not be doing anywhere near what I'm doing if I didn't have Steve in my life. So yeah. um, and especially and and the difference it made when he quit his job and came into our businesses. So Ooh. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Totally um, you mentioned about legacy a little bit before but what would you most like to be remembered for whether that's personally or in business?
2: I'd most like to be remembered for having amazing energy and helping others have the same. Mm. Um, There's so much expertise and knowledge in the world but great energy is much more scarce.
0: Mm. And finally I I asked you this up front and you gave me a a very detailed answer in the email you sent back.
3: Oh yeah.
0: Um, But I want to know what does it mean to have a leveraged lifestyle. What does that mean for you?
2: Huh.
0: <laughs> and can you remember what you wrote now? But... I know I'm
2: just that's what that's what I'm thinking, can I remember what I wrote? No, no. It doesn't really Go with the if I remember what I wrote. That's um it. I mean I think it's about having a massive impact, mm-hmm. doing the work that I love on my terms mm-hmm. and having other people support me in the things that I don't enjoy or I'm not as good at. Mm. In order that I can spend time with my family mm. and pursue things that nourish my well-being uh, and keep me fit and healthy um, Perfect. on top of doing what I love. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what it means to me.
0: Okay. And what comes next? What's next for you from where you are now? What What, what do you see? Well, so you mentioned the work with the schools. Yeah. I, I love the sound of that. Monetize your magic. Mm. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah what's next? apart from that as well what's next
2: um <laughs> this year lots more speaking mm-hmm. in store um I've done some stuff on stage um speaking on stages previously um cool. not anywhere near as much as I plan to and yeah it's it's there was a a bit of a fear in me for a while of like I'm amazing one-to-one but oh can this really translate into stage and mm-hmm and it disappeared somewhere midway through last year <laughs> and I started getting up on more stages and it just is so fun so expansive so incredible to be impacting multiple people mm. indeed lots of people all at one time yeah um, so lots more of that in the pipeline cool yeah
0: uh, yeah I that's where I I feel I thrive it's the other way around for me that but... I love being in front of loads of people and impacting loads of people at once. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it's really cool to work one-on-one and see that individual difference you can make, but yeah, it's definitely that cool experience. So um, mm. excellent. We look forward to that. And finally, uh, how can people find out more about you? Um, you've got your website. Mm-hmm. Is that www.definitelydefinitely.com? Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. And is there a social media that people should find you at, particularly that where you're,
2: So I would recommend requesting to join my free group, the Definitely Definitely Tribe, Cool. um, where I post little nuggets of wisdom to help you to uh, establish and cultivate and expand your Definitely Definitely life and business. And that is on Facebook.
0: Lovely. We'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, uh, along with your website as well, so people can kind of find out more about you and what you do. And um, if they want to connect, then they can. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much I, I think we've covered a lot there haven't we
2: we have covered a lot, we've covered
0: a lot. very juicy Ah, uh, there we go uh, I hope the listeners have enjoyed it and um, yeah as as I always kind of finish off the podcast with uh, I believe there is no better time than now to start creating your leveraged lifestyle mm-hmm. thank you very much for joining us Damien mm-hmm. Sarah it's been fantastic thanks, thanks. <laughs>